You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. When I fly, I get a bit nervous. And I'm criticized for it because people, you know, think that I shouldn't be afraid because God's in control of everything, right? But if I'm honest, I, I, I do get not like terrified where I'm taking Valium or anything, but I get a little worried. And there's a reason that I get worried. There are some statistics that back this up. Did you know that last year there were 14 plane crashes? 14 and 186 deaths. That's massive. 186 people died last year in 14 wrecks. I know what you're thinking. Well, why does that compare to cars? There's so many flights. Doesn't matter. Doesn't change the facts, does it? 14 crashes. Okay, now here's another scary statistic. Since 1945, guess what country has the most crashes? The United States of America. The place that most of us take off from. Which is another scary statistic. Do you know that 30% of all crashes happen when you take off and climb the initial climb? That's right. That's right. And so as we're taking off, and we're doing the climb, there's something that I read just to calm me down. And I'm going to read it to you now. It's in Revelation. <laughs> 21, 1 to 5. It says this. This is going to take me back. I might get nervous here. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth uh, had passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, Jesus, saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne, Jesus, says, I, he says, behold, I am making everything new. Now, that is good news for us, isn't it? Because Jesus lists specifically, or John lists specifically, the things that happen in a plane crash, Right? First, there's fear, followed by crying, followed by tears, then pain, then death, followed by mourning. Those are the exact things that happen in a plane crash. So that's the reason I read that as we are taking off, and I'm thinking 30%, 30%, 30%. We're climbing, and then I'm reminded that it's okay. Worst case scenario is I go down in flames, and then I'm with Jesus in the new creation. That's worst case scenario. I briefly think about Laura and the four kids because I'm thinking about Jesus because that would be your job to move close to her and help her, A, find a husband. I mean, he's not going to measure up, all right? He's not going to measure up, but you need to help her with that. Um, And this is good news for all of us who follow Jesus Christ. The promise is that, that when Jesus returns, everything will be made new. I mean, everything will change. It will be this massive change, right? When Christ returns, 
It will happen in a way that we cannot imagine and things will happen that we can't even get our hands around. You see, in our life, Christians and non-Christians alike will weather storms. We'll have storms that come our way. We'll have, th- we'll have pain in our life. We'll have tears in our life. We'll have crying. We'll have mourning. We'll have sorrow. All of those things will come to us and come, will come to believers and will come to non-believers. But he promises that all that will change whenever he comes back and changes the world. There'll be a new heavens. There'll be a new, a new earth. And none of these things None of these things will exist anymore. And we place our hope in that reality. That's what gets me through the airplane ride, right? Because I know that this is true. I believe this is true. I should live like this is true. And so even though as we take off, I mean, I'm nervous. I'm singing in tongues. I got the Kung Fu grip on the seat rest, right? But inside of me, I know that there's a truth that is greater than my fear. I know that there's a fact that trumps my reality, that is Jesus coming back, and he's going to make all things new. Regardless of what happens to me today, Jesus coming back, he's going to make all things new. I'll be resurrected with him, given a new body, in a way that will change anything I've been and anything that I could ever be. I mean, it's amazing what will happen. You would agree, that's a massive change that's going to occur. But he promises as well, until that day comes, that we will bring an impact to the world. That we are called to be, as a new creation, bringing life and bringing transformation to this world before he comes. And there's a kind of thing we say, we've been saved, we're being saved, and then when Christ returns, we'll be fully saved. Well, there was the original creation, and then there's the new creation, which is us, and then there'll be the final creation, which will be when Jesus returns. It says this, here's proof that we are the bomb schnizzle when it comes to being a new creation now. Therefore, if anyone's in, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. This is, look, wait, I'm just read a little more. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. Where have I heard that before? In Revelation, the exact same language is used. The same Greek words are used, the same meaning that Jesus wants us to know. In the same way, I'm going to transform the world in a massive way, the universe in a massive way, I'm going to transform you in the same massive way. But we, we have a hard time believing that. And I'm going to talk about that today, how we have been transformed and changed in the same way of the world. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, of transforming the world. That is, in Christ... In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting our trespasses against us and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, Christ God, making this appeal through us. We implore you on the behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. Okay, so God reconciles us and restores, him, restores us through Christ to himself. His death for our sins, his death for our life. And he restores us, he reconciles us to himself. Yes, so we will have a relationship with the Father. Yes, so we will experience his love, we will experience his healing. But also, so we will reconcile the world to him. So it's a twofold deal. Inward piety, inward healing, an inward journey with the Lord, but also an extension of that ministry to reconcile the world. So that 
the world will be reconciled to him. The Father's desire is that the world would know him in the same way that we know him so that he could transform them and make them a new creation like he's made us a new creation. He says we are ambassadors. We are his representatives. He has chosen us. We are God's plan A when it comes to saving the world. We are God's plan A. And I know some of you are thinking, like, how could I be God's plan A? Like, how could that be me? My life is jacked up. There's things I do that nobody knows about. You know, I'm a broken vessel. I, you know, I'm evil. I, you know, throat punch my coworkers that I don't like or whatever. That's a reality. But God says that as we follow him, the spirit lives in us. The spirit transforms us and he uses us to bring glory to him. And we bring glory to him because we are broken. If we are perfect, then we would get the glory. But God is glorified most in us as we are satisfied in him. And we show the world. We trust God. We trust that there's a new creation. We look forward to that. And so we can live as a new creation now, risking and living in a way that nobody else can. What does it mean to be a new creation then? What does it mean that Jesus would transform us into something that would transform the world. And by the way, God's plan is working, isn't it? He left 12 that turned into the church that has grown for thousands of years to where there's millions of Christians. God's plan A, us broken sinners that he has saved and reconciled to the Father, is working. He is working. His kingdom is growing says the gates of Hades will never overcome what we've done and what God is doing through us. But I think we underestimate the massive change that's occurred in us. I mean, we just talked about the things that will occur in the world. You know, we'll run and not grow weird. I mean, there's a million things I could talk about. The trees will be worshiping him. The, the, all of creation will sing out and worship him. That will, you know, that there won't, there's no more salt water. You can be like fishing and like, I'm thirsty. Dig up a cup of water and drink, right? I mean, it's amazing what's going to happen in the new creation. I mean, it's so amazing that it says that we can't even understand it. Yet when it comes to us, even though the language is the same, we have a hard time believing that the same massive transformation has occurred in us, right? I mean, we kind of think that, man, I'm a Honda Civic, and I'm going to like be bumped up to the, the cross tour, the pilot. Like, Jesus is going to come into my life, and I'm like, Honda Civic, small car, like, and I'm bumped up to leather seats and a pilot, Right? That's, that's how we kind of think of ourselves. Oh, yeah, like, I, I'll, I'll quit using the Lord's name in vain. I'll start being nicer to my wife. That is not a massive transformation. Even non-believers believe that. Even non-believers can do those things. And so it's like, it's like you're a Bentley, right? And you get transformed. The Spirit comes and fills you up. And you're like, and a lot of people aren't going to get this analogy. You're like the DeLorean and Back to the Future, that's kind of the transformation change, right? And so you're not driving on the road. You're flying around. The power source is nuclear, not gasoline. There's no engine. You're like soaring with rocket jets behind you. There's no transmission. There's the flux capacitor, right? I mean, that's a massive transformation. That is like, like that's what happens to us. That's the kind of change that occurs. Like, like a change that is so different. It's not like on this. It's like another plane. 
a whole new creation we become. And God accomplishes this, this in us through the Holy Spirit. Through the promises. Jesus says this to us. He promises us in Scripture. Paul promises that this has happened to us. Charles Spurgeon, who's, um, some people say, is the, the best preacher of all time. He was British. He lived in the 1800s. Um, he's written many books. He started a college, started a, a, you know, an orphanage. He, I mean, he's an amazing guy. And he explains kind of what happens and how it happens to us that we're transformed. It says this, In order to accomplish this, in order for God to make us new, it has come to pass that Christ has made for us a new covenant or a new promise, a new way. Like, again, a massive change, okay? The old covenant was, if you do this, you will live, being up to us. Things that we do will lead to us living in the sacrificial system. The covenant was a sentence of death upon us all. We could not do. Therefore, we could not live, and so we died. The new covenant has nothing in, it, in its contingency or hit us depending upon a new, creature, a new creature doing anything. But it bases all its requirements for our transformation upon Christ having done the work. Instead of, do this and I live, it's I will and you shall. I, Christ, have done this, so you shall be a new creation. Not because of anything we've done, but what Christ has done for us. And he says, this is the language of the new covenant that we're in today. The Bible says their sins, their immorality, I will remember no more forever and forever. A new heart also I will give them and a right spirit I will put within them. Today, the old world, people who do not follow Jesus Christ are under the old covenant of work. And they perish, they die. For they, cannot, they can't carry out the conditions of what God requires. They can't keep God's law. And in breaking his law, they will die. Every one of them will die. But God has set us apart. He has made us a new creation. We are his saints. We are new creatures in Christ. Unlike anything you've ever seen. Anything you ever were. I thought about it in this terms. I was praying about this, and this is a, kind of a picture God gave me. Imagine a caterpillar turning into a butterfly, right? And so, like, caterpillars are ugly fur. I mean, okay, if you like the inchworm, he's a caterpillar. But besides him and the, and the fluffy, you know, and the nice ones they make for children, caterpillars are, are, are nothing as beautiful as a butterfly, right? They're very different, and they go through a massive change. They become a new creation, right? So what does the caterpillar do to make that happen? He does nothing. He does nothing, right? So he's crawling along one day, and then he stops, and then a cocoon is wrapped around him, and inside the cocoon, cocoon guess what he's doing? He's just sitting there, and nature is, is doing everything to him so that he will become a new creation, right? Once inside, he, he, he's transformed, not because of anything he's done, but because of what is being done to him. He's just still, and new life occurs. And then comes out and is resurrected into a butterfly and lives a totally different life every day and in every way. I mean, that is incredible. A massive transformation, a massive change 
And that's what happens to us, right? The same radical change that we go through from being a non-believer in the old covenant coming into the new covenant. God moves towards us and he says, stop and be still. He tells us to stop living the way that you're living. Stop seeking to find satisfaction, your joy in life and the world. Stop and yield to me. Stop and be still. We turn to Jesus for life. In our, as we stop, we turn to Jesus for life. And he fills us with his spirit. And he transforms us. Changes us. And then we're resurrected from our tomb. We're clothed in robes of righteousness. And we are a new creation. We are a new creation in a, in a way that is as radical as the old earth from being the new heavens and earth. In the same way, in the same difference from being a caterpillar to a butterfly, we are transformed into a new creation. And the world sees us. The world sees our beauty. In the same way, a caterpillar would see the butterfly and like, oh, snap, I want to be flying around. I want to be like that, right? The world sees us and says, I want that. I want the life. I want the joy. I want the pleasure. I want the the hope that you have. Tell me how I can be restored, can be reconciled. I want to be a new creation like you're a new creation. I want to have life like you have life. The world is desperate and hungry for this. And we are God's messengers, his ambassadors to make this happen. But it only happens as we believe and we act and we live as a new creation. That is who you really are. That is who you really are as a new creation. That's what it means. And this is how God will use you to transform the world. You are a new creation. We, we need to begin to live like that is true. Let's stand.